leaving. I'm not <laughs> out. I, I am not coming here to be offended. Okay, where do you usually go? I thank you. <laughs> What's going on? Good to see you. What's happening? Well, a lot actually. No isn't kidding. It? Yeah, just a lot. I mean, I know we're we're a few days on from it, but I I I'm still been busy looking at these figures from the by-election. By the by-election. By the by-election, which took place on Sunday in the New Territories East. I mean, what I think is overwhelmingly clear, despite the determination of the Democrats to seize defeat from the jaws of victory, I mean, they, 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 they won this in overwhelming defeat, and they all came out going, oh, well, there's lots of problems to be solved. Even Edward Leung from Hong Kong Indigenous, you know, that got 60-odd thousand votes, said, oh, I, I re- regard this as a, as a defeat. Boys, let me say something. When you've had a victory, just just say it's a victory. Don't you don't need to um, go be, around be looking as so. Or... Well, yes, maybe maybe they're they're excessively modest. They're they're they're, they're like Donald Trump, <coughs> not. <laughs> but but I mean, the fact of the matter is that if you combine the votes of the winning candidate Alvin Young of the Civic Party mm-hmm. and Edward Leung of Hong Kong Indigenous, which are clearly anti-government votes, that's way over, way over. 50% of the popular vote. In the 2012 election, the Dems in that constituency got something like 30, 30% of the vote. Right. It's a massive increase. Massive increase. The DAB, <coughs> which got over 40% of the votes in 2012, slumped back down to about 32 I can't remember the exact figure, but way down on its, um, on its performance in 2012. And all the other candidates, you know, barely worth talking about. Now, remember, the, the, the whole dialogue of this election that the DAB and the government was trying to persuade the voters, mind you, when C.Y. Long says kick out the Democrats, he just added probably <laughs> a couple of tens of thousands to, to the Democrats' um, tally. But, I mean, you know, he and his ministers went round saying, you know, now you've got a real chance to stick it to them Indeed they to, had. to kick him out <laughs> and and actually boot other foot i think yeah but what was interesting is holden chow the dab's candidate in the end ran almost entirely on a campaign of stop rioters mm. stop people who Philly support busters. rioters you know bring bring hong kong back to order well people listened to what he said and most of them said yeah right we don't believe you, we're just not going to vote for that. So there was that going on. I mean, I found all that very interesting. But then you had, there was the first outing for this alleged moderate party, the Third Way, who many people think is uh, possibly a potential job. (laughs) But, you know, you had them out there, and you had Christine Fong, who's a self-declared moderate candidate, plus two other candidates who said they were moderates, got nowhere. You know, all this stuff that we'd read in the media about Hong Kong is yearning for a middle way. They really want moderate candidates. When push comes to shove and they have to make a decision, as people did in this election, they said, yeah, yeah well, you know, what actually are they what bringing they to the party? People, exactly. need, people need something to hang on people to, People need they? something to the party. People need something brought to the party. And, you know, the, the, the people who support the government were still supporting the government, voting for the DAB. Yep. And, you know, it's not as though they disappeared. They far from disappeared. They got, you know, about a third of the vote. But the overwhelming majority said, you know, we really don't like the government and we want to legislate. So but if I listen to... reflect that point of view. If I listen to news items, they say there was something this morning about, of course, the copyright bill, blah, 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 blah. Sort it out and uh, keep basically 
keep the people of Hong Kong what they want, keep them happy. Well, I, I've got no opinions about the Copyright Bill. Well, let, let's, <laughs> let's just take the Copyright Bill, because it's a quite good example of what's going on in LegCo, among many. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. That bin is over, over, overflowing with, with ditch legislation. But, I mean, what has actually happened in LegCo? And work this out. If, if, if you're a cleverer person than me, and I'm sure many listeners are, you have a situation now where the Democrats have gone to the government and said, I'll tell you what, I think we can do a deal here. Let's use this concept of fair use of, of copyright, which allows citizens, you know, who aren't going to commercialise their use of copyrighted materials to use it. Uh, and um, they've said, you know, I think we could actually do a Let's deal talk. with you. So, so Greg So says, that's absolutely outrageous. And it's so outrageous that I was the one who first suggested it. Now, wait a minute, put those two suggestions together. I suggested it, but because I suggested it earlier on, it can't be considered now. I think a reasonable person will conclude that they actually don't want a deal. I mean, there is a deal sitting there on the table. Let's talk about this and just sort it out and (laughs) forget about it. Well, no, no, but they don't want to. They want to ditch it and say, look, them Democrats, they've thwarted us yet again. They have actually been given a proposal, which by Greg So, the minister responsible's own omission, he himself put on the table. Yep. And indeed it was rejected at an early stage. He's factually correct in saying that. But the Democrats have said, OK, we're, we're in negotiation. We'll come back and negotiate on this. And he says, no, no. When I suggested it, you said no. So, so forget I'm, about I'm it. I'm taking my pram and I'm, 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 I'm wheeling it out the station. It does seem that way. It Teddy, does. Teddy over the garden. Yeah. Um, I've got an email here from Jonathan. He writes about two or three things. So thanks okay. very much for that. Middle paragraph, Jonathan says, Holden Child's election blurb stated, your votes will determine whether our society is to turn into violent clashes or return to rationality, etc." etc. Apart from being a disgrace, this is Jonathan, it seems that the irony is that the government's policies that have led directly to the Occupy movement, the unrest at HKU and the events in Moncock, (laughs) so more of the same is more likely to produce more division and more confrontational society. Well, that... Which seems logical to My view increasingly is that the government now actually wants confrontation. It wants to... Um, reflect the struggle mode of the Chinese Communist Party across the border. And anybody who's in any small doubt yes. about that needs to read, just needs to read what Xi Jinping and other Communist Party leaders are saying at the moment. They're not now content with passive support. They want a total elimination of anybody who isn't following the Xi Jinping party line. And Chris Patton hinted very strongly that that was actually true, the, the, the scandalous fictional book. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was between well, Patton's that, lines. That, that, that may be so. And, I, I, and, and, you know, if you look, I mean, what's so absolutely riotous in its absurdity mm. is the DAB's own analysis of why they lost the election. One, one of their um, legislators, a lady named Quat, were the Right, move on. Rhymes with something else, which we're not going to talk about. Thank you. Um, Said, oh, oh, you know, I think, um, I think what it was is our ineffective use of social media. Well, good luck with that explanation. Moving on. Very good luck. And then she said, "Oh, I tell you what, tell you what. No, no, no. Maybe not that. It was lack of coordination, which means more or less nothing. Indeed, it does. And you've just, you've just soothed said uh, Jonathan's last paragraph. He says, but that is the problem. 
uh, with authoritarian organizations, whether political or religious, let's face it, the Hong Kong government is guided by that most autocratic of institutions, the CCP. There is only one narrative, says Jonathan, which is the authorized version or the true faith. Non-believers are not allowed, ignored, or at worst, made to disappear. Well, yeah, ain't that a fact? Mm. So, I, I mean, this is not Orwellian of, anymore. It seems of, to all be. of this feeds into the the simple fact of the matter: Hong Kong people aren't stupid. When confronted with this going on, a majority of them, not everyone, because, you know, at least we still have elections here, a majority of them will say, you know, I'm not buying any of these stories. I'm going for a candidate who's going to hold these blokes out up for examination, hold them to account. Yeah. Um, what I am surprised, and many people are surprised, that, that 15% of the electorate also went... For, for Edward Leung, the indigenous, Hong Kong indigenous candidate, because I thought that it, his form of protest politics might be too strong beer for many people in really? Hong Kong. Well, that's what I thought, and I thought he would get a much smaller share of the vote. 15% is a very, very impressive share of the vote in a um, territory-wide election. That would be enough to put him in LegCo, because you've got people sitting in LegCo who, who've had under 15% of the popular vote and under the transferable mm. vote system, they've been able to get a seat. So, you know, it is interesting. I mean, that candidate is a person who reflects a lot more of the anger and a lot more of the determination to use unorthodox means to protest. And as I say, I was surprised he had that level of support, but you know, the facts are there. You can't dispute them. I'll tell you what seems to be going down really badly. It's the use of certain words and labels. I mean, the best example of that is, of course, Falun Gong. As we've said before, they could be a whole... They could be a knitting circle, but there's just lots of them. Yeah. Uh, localism. Localism is the new thing. That's a very scary because it's got a name. And now we see the, the um, Communist Party's decided that localism can be equated with separatism, yeah. which, of course, <clears throat> is the great no-no within the lexicon of, of, of Communist Party, what's permissible and what's not permissible. Mm. So they are now saying that, that the people in Hong Kong who represent this localist view are to be equated with Tibetan separatists, Uyghur separatists in the northwest of China, and we know what's happened to them. It's very chilling. It really is. Um, that takes us on to Jonathan's first paragraph, oh, right. which I was going to talk about before. Uh, Peter Wong talking about terrorism. I mean, this was like a Monday night in Brixton. I'm not kidding. It was yeah. just like a walk down the road compared to terrorism. But John Jonathan says this person should be held up for ridicule and pillage. Uh, You're talking about Peter Wong? Yes, yeah. I th I th I'm pretty sure he is. Terrorism is bombs going off without warning on buses, underground railways, busy marketplaces and streets, says Jonathan. It's gunmen walking around shooting indiscriminately. What happened in Mongkok was a minor public disturbance in the grand scheme of things, he says. A blip compared to disturbances in some other major cities in the US, UK, France or the rest of the world. You know... Terrorism, frightening Honestly, you, you know, I mean, if you, if, you, if you use hysterical language to describe things, you can work yourself up into a fervour. But Jonathan is quite right. I mean, as a journalist, I've covered terrorism, and I can tell you that involves dead bodies. It involves very large amounts of blood being spilt in the streets. It's a very, very ugly business. And it is something which hasn't been experienced in Hong Kong. Let's be absolutely clear about this. Mm -hmm. Since the 1960s. Was that terrorism? Was, well, a lot of people were killed. Undoubtedly, I mean, undoubtedly. But in your, 
Yes, because it was real. I mean, it was real and it was violent. There were bombs, was, yeah. There were bombs. You know, people were killed um, by... Well, not just by bombs. I mean, there, 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 there were people who were killed in the riots themselves. I mean, that was, that was serious stuff. Mm. What we have today, as you say... I mean, this week in America... Yeah, this that, week. I mean, let's not, you know, let's not go for, for exotic examples. Just, just take this week in America. Over the weekend, there was a, um, a, a clash between people who were opposed and supporting the Ku Klux Klan, which led to a fatality. I mean, it, people here... Well, that's what we know are, on the news. Ba- I, I was, no. was going to say, <laughs> people here are barely aware of it, because actually that sort of thing happens quite a lot. Mm. I'm not condoning it, but I'm, I'm saying get this in perspective. In Hong Kong, there was a policeman on the ground. I really am against people attacking policemen on the ground, or in fact, attacking anybody who's been knocked over. That's another point. But the fact of the matter is, it's of such a different level of magnitude. I think people need to calm down a bit. I really do. But these guys have got some influence, and they're using words like terrorism. The other thing about terrorism is what it leaves. And, and some people say that that's like the raison d'etre for it after 9-11 and various other things. It put the Western world into panic. We can't go through an airport now without taking yeah. our shoes off, etc. Although, Job you done. know, in, 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 in some places, I mean, if, if you, for example, have been living in, in France in the last two years, you mm. may well say, absolutely. well, you know, they're, they're, this is real stuff. There have been two extremely bloody attacks on on our country, and you know we have to take protective measures. I mean, I, I, I cannot overstress the extent to which these so-called flag wavers and so-called mock patriots are engaged in the business of talking Hong Kong down. I know. The simple fact of the matter is that Hong Kong is a peaceful and orderly place. You can go out on the streets without any fear of being attacked. You would be exceedingly unlucky to have that happen to you here. If you were in the city centre of most major conurbations in other countries, you just cannot say the same thing. Yet they talk about Hong Kong as though it's ablaze with, with, with rioting. And then they say, and you know what? This is putting people off visiting. Well, I tell you what, why don't you just shut up? And stop putting people off, and maybe you won't do so. Still in with Steve Vine. Steve, just uh, two minutes ago, good old Hong Kong Free Press has popped up something on social media. This is interesting. Go on. And I quote, The police are investigating whether the unrest in Mongkok last month was planned or funded by specific persons or organisations. Secretary for Security Lai Tung Kwok said at the LegCo uh, legislature on Wednesday. His statement comes as a response to LegCo members uh, Wong Kwok Kin's question. Wong asked if the police were investigating whether anyone was directing, organising or funding the clashes and, here it comes, in particular, whether there were any... Foreign influences. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. How did I guess that? How did I guess that? I mean, this is in line with the investigation, which apparently has conclusively shown that foreign influences and mysterious people were behind the Occupy movement. Tell you what, that was over a year ago. We still haven't seen that. So what they do, and, and now you can say this with more force, is they just put it out there, say, oh, well, you know, we're investigating foreign influences, we're investigating where the people are behind. They will not accept the actual reality is this is Hong Kong people who are effed off with what's going on. Yeah. And once again, big um, words, big, big yeah. superlative so, I words. I mean this is this is this is light on quote. 
who said, oh, we can't have a dear fellow, we can't have an investigation into the causes of, of, of the Moncock clashes um, because, you know, this is all a matter of, uh, uh, of going through the courts and the courts will decide this. But when it comes to this, yeah. tell you what, we can have an investigation. And even if we don't have an investigation, was, let's put out the idea that that's what happened because was, <laughs> we're never going to be able to prove it. But we'll say it very often... And like all big lies, we think people will, in the end, believe it. Now, they haven't still managed to, to square the circle with the big lie about the Occupy protests. They still haven't adduced a single piece of viable evidence that this was motivated and directed by foreign forces. But it doesn't stop them keep saying it. We're going to produce the evidence. We're going to produce the evidence. So I'm going to keep saying this on the radio Go until on we actually get it. I'll go get a coffee. But you're going to be very bored because I might have to say that for quite a long time because I don't think we're ever going to see any evidence of this. Maybe because it's not there. This is bizarre. And so in Moncock, you know, I mean, I know that the CIA people get up very early of a morning on Lunar Chinese Chinese New Year and say, I tell you what, how can we cause disruption on the streets of Moncock? (laughs) This, This seems to us to be, you know... I know there's a little bit of stuff going on in Iran, in Iraq, and Afghanistan, and anything else with a Stan in its name. But really, what we need to do is get our boys out there and direct a riot in Moncock. And if you believe that, you most certainly have met the man on the moon and had a very interesting conversation with him. But this is, you know, the fascination for me is these really big, big words. I mean, this was like an ordinary Saturday night in Leeds. Yeah. And that's just... Yeah. That's, that's just the women. That's just the- <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to an email here from Tom. He says, Is this the highly intelligent Peter Wong, a close friend of Maria Tam and former Exco member, the same man who gave the finger to the media uh, throngs outside the old Legco? Actually, it wasn't him, Tom. Um, obviously, no, I think it's a different Peter yeah, Wong. Well, it was, yeah. it, obviously, highly articulate and analytical. Do you think these blindly supportive people of mainland authoritarianism can actually think? Well, thank you very much, Tom. Got one from. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I mean, well, it's irresistible. I can't. He, he mentions Maria Tam in that email, and Maria Tam, she's she's a wonderful person, um, as people with short memories will not know. But you know, she she was a very very avid British lackey during the colonial period, and she she switched horses because she's not entirely stupid, and now everything she does. When she opens her mouth, you know somebody has put the words in there. She doesn't open her mouth on her own account. Well, her latest mouth opening, coming ahead of the MPCC WXYZ meetings up in Beijing, which she is a member of, in fact, she's the convener of the Hong Kong delegates, was, oh, you know what? I think it'd be a jolly good idea to have CY Leung as the next chief executive on the grounds that... um, uh, um, on the grounds that... Um, uh, uh, oh, oh, continuity. Yeah, continuity. That would be a good thing. Duh, so, duh, duh, duh. But, but the reason it's interesting is because she is the perfect weather vane. If she says something, as I say, she has no original thoughts of her own, someone would have told her to say it. And if she says something about the likelihood of C.Y. Leung being not only nominated but actually installed because the comrades want him to stick there, you can bet your bottom dollar that this is under very, very serious consideration, if not already decided. Now, how that's going to go down with the people of Hong Kong, very, very different story. But it's interesting that, that, that she is the one now who's, who's 
more strongly peddling this line than perhaps some others. I mean, most of the weasels have, have kind of... <laughs> Mr. Weasel. Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Weasel, or Comrade and Comrade S. Weasel, have, have so far been a bit hesitant in saying that CY should have a second term, mainly because they hadn't re- received instructions as to what to say on this. But she's often the one who gets the instructions first. So, you know... You heard it there first. Sounds it, like, it, it's a bit ominous. Sounds like the game's afoot, doesn't it? Good morning to Alan in Lama. Uh, let's read out his email. He said, The equating of terrorism with Moncock riots, and then some mainland stooge saying, quote, need Article 23 to present this, uh, uh, prevent this. He says, first, I don't understand how any law can prevent demonstrations. Maybe he means suppress violently, i.e. allow the PLA to send in tanks. He said, we don't need any new laws. Violent acts are already illegal as the many people charged over the riots demonstrate. The government really think they can stifle all dissent and bury their own head in the sand while mainland security forces scoop up Hong Kong citizens at will, says Alan. I guess Article 23 will simplify that after all. A little bit more. And a government stooge saying that they don't need to investigate the cause of the riots since that will all be revealed in the trials. They really think we are morons, he says. Prosecutors simply have to prove the acts committed. Incidentally, that wasn't the government stooge. That was the boss himself who said that. Well, that potato, yeah. potato. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> this is Alan's words here. I'm sorry to be a pedant. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he says, Prosecutors simply have to prove the acts committed. If you throw bricks at a policeman, you are guilty, and that's it. Uh, it's not a criminal court job to look deeper, and they won't, especially if the charged plead guilty in exchange for a lighter sentence. There will be very little said in open court. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll come back to the booksellers, I think, because we haven't talked about that today. But, but one interesting sidebar on all of this is... That the, the 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 usual suspects are saying that this shows that the people on the democratic side of the um, equation have no respect for rule of law. Mm-hmm. Did they notice what happened this week, which was that a pro-government protester who was accused of assaulting a yellow ribbon student mm-hmm. and uh, appeared in court yesterday, who was his defender on a voluntary basis? It was Eric Jung from the University of Hong Kong Law Department, a well-known pro-democrat lawyer. And <laughs> Eric Jung says, well, you know, the law is there to protect everybody, regardless of That's whether what Alan's you like... Saying, isn't it? Yeah, regardless of whether you like their views or not. So they've got to somehow explain how that happened. How does someone who's a well-known riot supporter, apparently, and well-known, you know... Uh, Democrat bent on destruction and ending civilization. Why is it he who was the one who came forward on a voluntary basis mm. to defend someone, uh, uh, I think is somebody called Manho Chun, who was accused of assaulting this, this pro-democracy protester? Well, you know, look, look at what people do, not at what they say, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Got a one-liner here from Drake. I don't know if you've seen, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this movie uh, ten years. Oh yes. Twenty five. Oh, right. Yes. Glad. I'm glad you have. It's about Hong Kong in 2025. A so dystopian it, view. Apparently. Yeah. No kidding. And it, it was. It's huge. Uh, and those that have seen it say it's actually a really good bit of film. Morning says Drake. A few NPCs are making good use of Mongkok to promote Article 23 again. Steve, do you think ten years would actually come true? Well, let me first of all say I, I've. Embarrassingly, I haven't seen it, but I have heard a lot about it. And what are some of the fit themes in ten years? 
suppression of Cantonese as, as, as the lingua franca of Hong Kong, well, that certainly is happening. Dialect. Um, yeah. yeah, that's certainly happening. Ask our good friends at TVBCC TV. Uh, apparently there are two stations, but who knows. Um, then you have, um, in 10 years, you have a lot of discussion about, um, you know, increasing use of the PLA in policing what's going on internally in Hong Kong and the, the Chinese security apparatus moving here. Well, that seems to be happening in the, in, in the case of the booksellers. So, you know, maybe 10 years is, is, is too long to wait. It, it is. I mean, it, why, why is that film so popular? Uh, and let me stress, I haven't actually seen it, but why is it so popular? It's because people recognise there's a lot of things that they are saying may happen in 10 years' time the seeds of them are already very much on on view for anybody to look at. That's why it's hit a chord. It's kind of episodic, this one. Uh, one, yeah. one of the episodes is called Self-Emoliator. Yeah. Setting yourself on fire. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, goodness me, one hopes that isn't going to happen. I mean, this has been very common among Tibetans who've tried to uh, um, draw attention to what's happening in Tibet by... by killing themselves yeah. by fire so I mean, a, a simple answer to know, drake's email what do you reckon I, i'm all i'm saying is i'm worried yeah <laughs> that's think, all i'm saying and, and and i think that's what the makers of this film are saying i mean it you know it is it is i think an exaggerated version of what's going to happen of course but it's, but it's film, food for you know, thought but it's food for thought exactly yeah. exactly all right but shall we just talk about the booksellers for a moment Go because uh, it, 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 it it seems rather careless to to ignore that in a week like this i mean you know what is happening well that's the big question so yeah i mean that's what everybody's asking i mean you know on one moment you have one of the usual sleazebags saying oh well you know it's it's prostitution that lead ball he's he's involved in prostitution then he's asked to produce him he's like, oh, i didn't say that i just said somebody told me my friend told me then it's smuggling then it's um what was it oh that's right um sale of illegal books on the mainland then it was um, one of the guys involved is is was involved in a fatal car accident, but you know, if you're going to tell a lot of murky stories, at least tell one murky story. That that would be my advice. Well, let's look to the people who do this. You let's, know, let's look at the things that have happened this week. Basically, I wonder if there's genuine surprise from upstairs that it seems that nobody here believes this, and yeah. and it's like, what you don't believe it. I think it's because they live in their own cocoon, where reality is whatever they say reality is. So, you know, if, if, if you put out a story, you just think, well, you know, we've put it out through the official media, that, that is now the story. Mm. What, what's wrong with these people in Hong Kong? Why do they think for one ludicrous moment that Lee Bohr, when he makes these conf so-called confessions on television, uh, why, why do people in Hong Kong think he's facing some sort of coercion? possible lunacy is that you know here's a man who says i have voluntarily gone across the border legally using illegal means therefore he's culpable of so he could now get nicked as michael dean says uh, by uh, the hong kong police. yeah so <laughs> um, i've gone across the border of my own accord so i can be nicked when i come back oh and by the way i've given up my british passport because i never really wanted that anyway that's why i went to the trouble of applying for it you know and by the way i'm being treated very well and everything's going swimmingly who other than a complete moron believes that this poor man 
isn't under some terrible pressure to say these things. Yeah. And this idea, this increasing use of the, you know, of the TV before any kind of judicial process to get people to parade on television to confess their guilt, I mean, it's... I, 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 they use it in North Korea quite extensively, so pr probably that's a good model, it's all right. Mm. But some people who've been in China actually thinking that rule of law might be, you know, making a bit of a bit of headway, are looking at this and going, oh boy, oh boy, we're, we're going back to the 1960s with this. Of course, they didn't do it on television then, because fewer people had television. True. They, they did it in village squares and in town centres, but it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same thing, just through different media. Is there a possibility that right now the authorities may be saying, hmm, we didn't expect it to pan out this way, what do we do now? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, people give one-party states too much credit for omnipotence. They always assume that everything that's done has been carefully planned. The reality is, and the more you know about them, is they're pretty damn incompetent. 